sisters in medicine. It is time to rock it with the Dr. Me First podcast. This is all about authentic conversations between female physicians. And I hope through our conversations that you're listening to, that you are inspired, encouraged, you learn something, and hopefully feel built into a community of fellow sisters in practice. And also, I hope you have a lot of fun. I'm Dr. Erin Wiseman, your colleague in medicine and your life coach, and this is episode number 10. In today's episode, I am talking with Dr. Rachna Patel. She is an amazing physician who openly shares her story about what it's like to transition from an emergency room physician to an unconventional place. So listen to our conversation and don't forget to check out the kick of encouragement afterwards. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Wiseman again, and I have a special guest that I want her to introduce herself. Hi, guys. Um, I am uh, Rachna Patel. I am actually a medical marijuana doctor. Um, I've been one since 2012, and I had my own practice up until 2018, and now I've transitioned to an online practice um, and doing some some other things uh, along the way that I never expected to do, um, which is uh, I wrote a book recently, and then um, I'm creating my own line of products as well. Awesome. So what is your uh, residency training? So uh, uh, background is in emergency medicine. Okay. Awesome. Cool. I always like to hear, you know, we all have different journeys to where we have been to where we are going. And um, I just I love I love knowing that we can do so many things with our education. So that's awesome. So our word today is purpose. Tell me, Dr. Patel, why did you pick purpose? Purpose because in transitioning from an emergency medicine doctor to medical marijuana doctor, that's what I was chasing was my purpose. Um, What was going on was that, you know, while going through training, training is like a slap in the face to reality. I feel like because you sort of walk in like all sort of bright eyed and, and, and almost like, you know, with these like utopian beliefs about medicine. And, um, and then reality sort of settles in. So my reality, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, um, my reality was that, you know, I became an ER doctor because, um, that's where people come when they're in dire need of help. Um, and what's great is that we have laws in place where I don't have to take into consideration their ability to pay. Right. Right. Um, but here's what was going on. You know, most of what people came in with was pain. Um, of some sort, what you know, some sort or another, and as as long as the the emergent cause is ruled out, we'd send them out to, of course, follow up with their primary care doctor, and then we, we'd also hand them a script for um, pain medications, right? So then, what was going on was that um, you had the same patients walking in saying that these medications aren't working. Um, I'm getting really bad side effects from these medications. Or worst case scenario, I was in the position of having to resuscitate these patients. Mm-hmm. And, and really, ultimately, as physicians, what do we want to do? We want to help to solve other people's problems. And I wasn't doing that. Really, what was going on was that I was playing a part in sort of propagating the problem more than solving it. So, um, and it really hit home for me during my toxicology rotation, where you have here an entire floor just dedicated to overdoses on prescription and over-the-counter medications. I mean, to me, that was like, it's like, okay, this is ridiculous. This is so preventable, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you had like millions of dollars going into this. So, you know, in residency, I was wired. I wasn't sleeping at all. Um, cause you know, you, you sort of work 80 to hundred hours a week and then you have a hard time actually falling asleep. So there were times when I was just surfing the internet cause I wasn't awake enough to actually be productive, but I wasn't tired enough to fall asleep. So sort of in that like half weird state of mind. Zombie zone. Exactly. Yeah. So I was surfing the internet and that's when I came across an ad that said medical marijuana doctor needed. So that piqued my curiosity definitely. And I started to look into it more and more. And I read through, you know, research study after research study. And about a year later, I was like, okay, you know what? There's a lot of potential here with this medication to help um, uh, treat chronic pain in a way that conventional medicine is not. And so, you know, as doctors, we know that you can't just have the book knowledge. You need to have the, the people knowledge as well. So that's when I signed up to work at a medical marijuana clinic out in 2012. Um, and here I am, you know, over, over six years later, um, still pursuing it. Yeah. And so with that, um, what biases do you come up against now going from like, I feel like you were very traditional as far as like in your ER training to where you are now. I can think of some, some just in my head, but I want to hear what you have to say as far as the biases of our medical community. Gosh. So you know what, honestly, for the longest time, I never talked about it with other doctors because I just, I feel like, you know, doctors are, are a tough crowd. Um, and, and they can definitely be, be critical. Um, and so for the longest time I did not talk about it because I, I don't know, there was just this, that was my biggest fear was to lose the respect of my colleagues. So I really just for, for several years, I just put my head down and I focused on, um, on treating patients on, on, you know, getting them outcomes and results, sort of figuring out the nuances, coming up with protocols behind, um, behind the, the cannabinoids, um, that are in marijuana. And it's not, I would say until maybe like a year or two ago that I started to have conversations with other physicians. Um, now law has kind of been on my side because as soon as I jumped into the industry, uh, several months later, Colorado legalized marijuana for recreational use. And, you know, so it's been a huge amount of progress in a short amount of time. So I think that in and of itself has helped, um, uh, the medical community open up as well. And quite frankly, I'm sure, sure doctors out there have patients who are already using medical marijuana, who are already using CBD oil. So it's almost like, you know, they have no choice but to learn about it um, so to, to be able to properly care for their patients. So that was my absolute worst fear was to lose the respect of my, of my colleagues. And so I just, I didn't talk about it with them. Yeah. And then, and now since you have kind of stepped into it and you say, Hey world and colleagues, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Um, how does that feel like with your purpose and what you're doing with your life? Well, it's really interesting because there's not a lot of doctors who are doing this. Uh, not a lot of doctors who have experience, you know, the, the clinical experience. So it's almost like, inadvertently, I've become an expert, the go-to expert in the field. Um, and um, uh, so, so it's, and it's not just other physicians who are coming to me. Cause so what's interesting is that I remember when I first opened my practice, 
Um, well, what, what's one of the first things you do? You go around to other physicians so that, you know, if there's any sort of mutual referrals, exactly. But you know what? I could not get past the office manager, like door slammed in my face. It's interesting because as time went on, I started to get referrals from doctors I had never spoken to before. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I was doing was I was putting out uh, videos on YouTube. And that, that was more just for efficiency's sake more than anything else. But I guess they were, they were just encountering my videos. And based on that, they're like, okay, she knows more of what's going on and what to do uh, more than I do. So I started to get referrals. So that was really interesting. But there was no, it was, it was not intentional. It just happened. In fact, I was even, I was based in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. And I was also, I was even getting referrals from from physicians at, you know, a highly academic institution like Stanford. Mm-hmm. So, so that's been the evolution of it. So, um, so that's where I am in the medical community. So you went, you went from the closet to the expert. I love right. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's been scary every step of the way, right? Just recently, I went live in um, one of the physician Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was nervous. I usually, you know, I've been doing video for a very long time and I've kind of gotten used to it, right? right. Um, it was never my jam to be on video to start with. Uh, the first video took like 10 takes and my receptionist like coached me through every take. But, um, and, and so I'm pretty comfortable at this point. But doing that video, I was a little bit nervous, right? Because of the topic that I'm talking about. But I was surprised. It was very well received. People, um, uh, you know, other physicians were very interested in the topic, um, um, but, but, you know, because either they've used it themselves and they found it to be effective or they've seen other patients use it and, they, you know, their patients have found it to be effective yeah. as well. It sounds so, like you just had to get over your own internal junk because... It was. It was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A and lot of like... I do so much with my coaching because uh, I'm a I'm a physician life coach, so I'm one of those two that I can 100% relate. Like for the first two years, I I don't know if it was shame or embarrassment, but I was like, I'm Dr. Wiseman, and then I wouldn't add, and I'm a life coach because of that perception of like, oh my God, what are my medical colleagues going to think of me? They're going to think that I'm like totally woo woo or that I'm right deepened. Right. I can say personally from my own journey, like when I stepped into be like, no, I am a badass life coach and I'm a doctor and I have three kids and I love my life. Right. Really, really embraced my purpose in like just all that energy came together and it felt like there was no longer like that rubbing friction. Like I was leading two lives. It was like, no, I am all of these things. Right. It's really weird. There's almost like guilt associated with breaking away from the traditional path. Um, uh, and shame, even shame associated with it. I don't know why though, because it seems like people are very, very supportive of it, but there's, you know, there's just something about, um, breaking away from, from the norm. Um, I think so. I think it goes back to that like psychology study where they had apes and, you know, they tried to climb that tree and they like buzzed them with electricity and it was like, get back down. And then they put the new ape in the cage and he was like, oh, I'm going up there. Even though electricity was turned off, all the other apes pulled him back down. It's like the hidden curriculum of medicine. It's like, toe the line, stay inside the lines, the lines are your friends. 
if you get outside of it, there's going to be a perception that you are no longer a professional or you are no, no longer, you know, like maybe it's, it is a worthy thing. It is a shame type thing, but right. I think that is unspoken, but that we feel it as we move through our journey of medicine. Yeah. And I think the greatest message that I would send to other physicians is that a lot of times because of those feelings, whatever those feelings may be, they sort of say, stay stuck in the traditional path, you know, whether it's fear, shame, guilt, whatever it may be. Um, but the ones who have ventured out, uh, they're pursuing their purpose, which is giving them fulfillment in the process. And that fulfillment sort of channels into other aspects of your life too, not just, you know, with the work that you do, but, you know, because overall, I think you're a happier person, you know, you're, you may be a happier mom or a happier daughter or happier, you know, a significant other or, or, or sister, you know, whatever it may be. So, um, so I think that's, it, it, it's a process, I think, for everyone to, to go through, Absolutely. but realize that there's, there's a good number of us out there who are more than happy to support you. Yeah. And I think too, it's so important. It's something that um, I've worked through and I work through with my clients that your identity of doctor is going to look different than anybody else's. Right. Even though we get in our head like, okay, I'm going to have the clinic and I'm going to have the patients or I'm going to go to the ER and I'm going to do my shifts. Like your identity of doctor is just as unique as your DNA strands from someone else. And that is okay. Right. Yes. Agreed. So yeah. huge with that. And I think that is where I do so much work around burnout. Um, it is... It's, it's almost on a spiritual level as far as with purpose, um, because when people feel like they're operating outside of their purpose or they feel like because of their job, they can't do their purpose, that is when you get the huge flares of burnout. And that's when um, I try to pick people up kind of in the middle of that crisis and say, hey, you are okay. It doesn't feel good today, but it's going to feel better later because you now have a recognition of, hey, this is not working. So let's find something that that does. And just like you're mentioning about like your journey, there are so many different directions that we can take our MDDO in any direction. And right. because we're already, you know, so educated, you know, we can start any kind of business. And I know people, not that they just like fall to the ground and all, but they, they really do respect that. I have a friend who, um, she's a physician and started a clothing line and people just love it that, that she's like Dr. Style. Um, and, and just in so many arenas. So that's what I would encourage any listeners today that if you've got this <clears throat> crazy idea in the back of your head that excites you so much, but you're so worried about putting it out into the world, that's what you need to be doing. Right, exactly. You know, and the other thing is, is that it's, it's, people have an innate trust with doctors. You know, they know that we've, we, we've cared for other people's lives. What is that, you know, when, when they've been life and death matters, um, it, we've taken an oath to do no harm. So there's almost this innate trust, right? So it's, what's interesting is that um, there's a whole community of people out there, you know, it could be like Joe Schmo talking about health. And I mean, as a doctor, when you look at this information, you're like, okay, wait, wait a minute. There's like parts missing here. But what I would empower other doctors to do is that, is that I think it's the doctors who should be putting themselves out there on YouTube, 
on, you know, on social media, you know, spread that message because, um, because it's powerful, you know, people will innately already trust you because well, the, of, of the thing that is title. Too, our patients are seeking it out. Yes. Why would we not want them to seek it from our colleagues who are right. going to help them make educated and, um, you know, evidence-based decisions rather than you said like Joe Schmo who's just started selling CBD at a corner office because right. he wanted to turn a buck. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we're the source. Yeah. Like when they're searching on Google, they're, they're, you know, I'd rather that they encounter other doctors talking about these topics than, you know, Joe Schmo. So, um, so I think, I think there's, you know, don't, um, uh, don't doubt what you have to put the message that you have to put out to the world, you know, little by little, go ahead and put it out there. Um, because there are, you know, there's a whole community of people that, that are waiting to receive your message. Absolutely. And I think that's the other thing that, that sometimes we feel insignificant, like, oh, nobody cares what I have to say, or, um, you know, I'm, you're not going to find your tribe or whatever. But, you know, you just have to start with that one step. Maybe it's like you did that one YouTube video. You just got to put it out into right. the world or that one newspaper yeah. article you write for your <laughs> little county paper or, um, you know, one little social media post just stating your truth and what you think is right in the world and what you know as um, efficacious medically. Right. So let me actually tell you the story behind those videos. So. I had a very lean startup, right? So I worked worked at a medical marijuana clinic for a year and a half, earned enough capital to start my own practice. And I just had a receptionist and it was me. That's it, right? And um, what was happening was that people were calling in with questions because it's medical marijuana. You know, not a lot of people uh, uh, know about it, you know? Mm -hmm. So what was happening was that she would make a list, a log, at the, a call log at the end of the day, and I'd return people's phone calls, ask, you know, answering just some basic questions um, uh, before they actually made an appointment. Now, what was going on was that um, I, I mean, the phone calls were piling up, and I was spending hours after seeing patients returning these phone calls, and I was like, okay, there has to be an efficient way to do this. Mm -hmm. So that's when we came up with the idea of the, the YouTube videos. Um, but I've always kind of been this, I still am very introverted. Um, so, it, so it took a while, right? Yeah. So it's not going to be like, you know, you're, you're going to succeed on your, on your first try. Uh, but with practice, you get better and better at it is what I can tell you. And in fact, take a look at my first video on YouTube. You'll see how horrible yeah, we'll it is. We'll have to put a link in the show notes. Yeah. Like the first and the latest. Because yes, do that. You'll see it's, it's a so world scary. of a difference. Yeah. yeah. And even like makeup, I never wore makeup. And there's this one video where I have like way too much foundation on my face. And it's like, what was I thinking? Um, but it's, it's, it's an evolution is what I'll tell you. And I think a lot of us tend to be perfectionists, right? Absolutely. So we want it to be I'm perfect. A perfectionist. Right. Yeah. So am I. And, and I think, so what you have to realize with the online world is that you can always change things. You can always add things. Um, and people are forgiving, right? They want real, especially when it comes to video. Um, what was interesting is that I was getting sort of live, uh, in real life feedback from, from people. They would come in and they'd say, oh, you know, Dr. Patel, um, uh, I binged on your videos. And that was like, that's kind of weird because usually most people binge on Netflix, you know, yes, not on, yes. on, on videos. Um, 
And then the other thing was, was that, you know, they said, you know, I watched your videos and I feel like I know you. I feel like I can trust you. So that's what you're going to get from the people. You know, if you have a clinic and you're, you're creating these videos, it's almost like you've already established a relationship with them, you know, and whether it's a podcast, videos, whatever, you're, 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 what you're doing is you're gaining people's trust, you're establishing a relationship. So whatever endeavor you're going on to, um, uh, uh, they've already trusted you enough to, um, you know, to, to, to sort of uh, go on that journey with you. Absolutely. I see it as a way to connect with people, you know, because as physicians, we do kind of get put on a pedestal. And this is a way to kind of reach down to people and pull them up and say, hey, I am a person too. I just happen to have this base of knowledge. How can I help you? And I think when um, patients feel that authenticity, um, they come to you rather than demanding and, um, you know, uh, trying to just seek what they need in any means possible, yelling at you, you know, crying, right. you know, all their coping mechanisms. They come to you more with open arms and saying, I know you said you can help me. I'm here. And right. I think that changes how you practice medicine to you instead of being so abrasive and so, um, you know, legalistic, it then goes back to the true essence of right. doctor patient relationship. Right. And the other thing is, is that I feel like there's always sort of this uh, boundary of time when it comes to, to the patient-physician relationship. But when you've already put yourself out there, you've already been generous with your time mm -hmm. and, and information. So they come in um, uh, already having spent time with you in one way or another, right? So, so there isn't that sort of fight, like, why aren't you giving me your time? Because you've already given them your time in, in, in one way. Absolutely. <clears throat> Any other finishing thoughts? Um, no, I am just all about empowering other physicians to, to putting their message out there on, on, you know, in the online world, because there is a international community of people waiting to receive your message. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, tell my listeners where they can find out more about you or your practice or how they can get in contact with you. Um, sure. So if you, so a couple different resources, if you're looking for more information on medical marijuana or CBD oil, um, one is my YouTube channel. If you just Google CBD oil expert, YouTube or, or medical marijuana expert, YouTube, my channel will come up. Um, and I also cite studies and in information that I go over. So that may be useful to you as well. Um, the, the other resource is my website, Dr. Dr. Rachna, R-A-C-H-N-A, Patel, P-A-T-E-L.com. Um, and if you want to shoot me an email, uh, my email address is Dr. Rachna Patel at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much today. I hope that everybody can listen to this podcast and go away with a little bit more purpose. Thank you, Dr. Patel. So what did you think of Dr. Patel's story? I don't know about you, but it's super heartwarming to me to listen to this brave woman who started emergency medicine and realized that it was just not in the middle of her purpose and got brave and knew that she needed to find her purpose. It just went out on a limb. And now, you know, eight years later, after she's done that, 
that now she is an expert in a field that is absolutely blooming right now with hemp oil and CBD and um, everything that's coming out with patients. I am just so honored to call her colleague and now friend and just to proclaim her story kind of out into the world because you truly can hear from her voice that she feels like she's residing in the middle of her purpose. And so I want to encourage all of you out there listening today, if you are feeling disheartened or if you are feeling down, if you are tired, not just like you didn't get sleep, but you were just like run into the ground, dead dog tired, hear me right now and know that your purpose is out there. It is available and that even though maybe you're not living in it right now, that you absolutely can be soon. And for you, those of you out there that are rocking and rolling and in the right in the middle of your purpose, I want to celebrate you. I'm so glad that you have that in your life. And for the rest of us who are on the path of transition, who are making those steps forward and trying to find our purpose, I just tell you, keep, keep on keeping on, girl, because you will find it. I think it's so important, excuse me, so important to realize that life truly is the journey. It's not so much about reaching a place in life and then being static or stasis and not ever moving again. Hell, we all know what happens when you get stasis. You get damn DVTs. So we got to keep moving forward in life. And I also think about how that potentially our purpose can change um, from one year to the next. Maybe we're in the middle of something and loving it. And then we find that maybe we have a little bit of a different purpose. So with all that being said, I just challenge you today to sit down, get a post-it note, scrap piece of paper, journal, whatever it is. And I want you to write out, what is my purpose? And then I want you to just put down whatever comes to your mind. What is your purpose? And write it down there and then stick it on your desk or your dashboard or your bedside stand and then keep looking over it. And then every time you read it, see if it gives you tingles. See if it really resonates with you. Because if it doesn't, that's not your purpose. Go back, get another piece of paper and write again. What is my purpose? And I want you to keep doing that until you can really write down and describe what your purpose is. Because once you can describe it, then you can chase it down. Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed this Doctor Me First. And hey, how can you doctor yourself first in your purpose? Is it discovering it? If it is it moving towards your purpose? Is it maybe residing and staying in your purpose? Wherever you are along the journey, I just encourage you to think about that. And I also want to ask you a favor. Please share this podcast with your favorite female physicians in your world, because my goal really is to reach as many female physicians as absolutely possible. Because four years ago, I needed this. I needed to know that I wasn't alone, that people were talking about these type of topics within the aspects of medicine, and that help was available and change really was possible. So I appreciate it if you go to wherever you listen to podcasts and hit share this episode or any episode that has really influenced your life specifically. Thanks again, guys. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. <laughs>